Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Hey everyone, welcome. It's Kat here, and I've got my beloved Sirius Flick with me. You can tweet along with us, hashtag on the wet coast. You can follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat, that's Cat with a K, at Sirius Flick, at On the Wet Coast. Read blogs, reviews, and more. www.onthewetcoast.com. Email us comments or questions at contact at onthewetcoast.com. And if you like what we're doing, please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. It makes a huge difference for us. Thanks! One of the exceedingly fun features of non-monogamy can be group sex. Sexy, sweaty bodies writhing in a naked pile can be an outstanding experience, but it's not without complications. There are different things to take into consideration whether you're navigating a threesome, foursome, fivesome, or a six-plus orgy. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, we're discussing group sex, what you need to think about to have these sexy experiences go as smoothly as possible, what pitfalls can turn a group scene into a disaster, what risk-aware sex practices do you need to have in place, and no, we haven't forgotten the fun, what kinds of crazy shenanigans can you experience in group play? Tonight's episode is brought to you by Gin Titanics. Mmm, you can really taste the gin. <laughs> Which is a gin and tonic with a scoop of lemon or lime or whatever flavor you like, sorbet in the top to make the uh, iceberg. So, Gin Titanics. Delicious. Wait, it's a Titanic reference? Yeah. Is that? Oh, oh I, never, I never got that. <laughs> I never got that part. Yeah. It's, it's iceberg. Too soon. <laughs> All right. So, group sex. Yes. Woo. So we've yes. decided it's it's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is one. It is one of the the best parts of not monogamy, in my opinion. You know, not not everyone is is down for it, and it's not it's not, and even people who are, it's not necessarily their preferred configuration. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think you tend to prefer one on one. I best do. Best of all, um, I think I think I just like it differently. I, I yeah. Um, you know, and and the funny thing is that it can be uh, sometimes it can be really intense. But often it's less intense than you might might expect. It's one on one. It there tends to be a just complete continuity of sexual connection. Mm-hmm. Whereas with group sex, there's often sort of stops and starts, and yeah. you know, so the energy is 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 often not not really continuous from beginning to end. Yeah, I can see that, that it, you sort of come and go out of it sometimes. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're just fully engaged the entire time. And just, like, fuck drunk for, like, yes. hours. <laughs> um, but other times, yeah, it is it is a little different that you you can sometimes, like, take a little break and just kind of watch what other people are doing, um, but still feel really part of what's happening at the time. But, yeah, I, I, have, to, I have to say that it... You know, it feels like saying this from quite a place of privilege to get to say, like, yeah, it's not my favorite. <laughs> um, because two years ago, when we were starting into all of this, and we'd, you know, only had one threesome, and it was this great mystery thing, um, I could never, ever imagine being, like, a little blasé <laughs> about. <laughs> and and I understand for those of you who are listening that are maybe in that place where where you haven't had a lot of experience with this, that you're just like, screw you, lady, <laughs> um, or not, because, you know. But, yeah, I, I, I find that, that I definitely prefer the dynamic of, of one-on-one, and I think we'll, we'll sort of get into that as we go as to, like, why that might be a thing that, that can come up. Yeah, um, I, I recall one time you went on a first date with, uh, with a couple who had been theoretically open for more than a year, 
but had not really like closed the deal just because of sort of the jitters had mm -hmm. they never really overcome some of the emotional barriers. I think that a lot of people are are actually on the other side of it where they don't expect to have any weird feelings and they think it's just going to be, you know, uh instantly, you know, fucking like porn stars. Yeah. And so when there are feelings that come up either, you know, in the lead up to the threesome or when people start taking their clothes off i think it can really take them by surprise and, and you know mm -hmm. and and you know and, and make them feel like maybe something has gone wrong when really it's just you know um they're they're they were not expecting to have complicated feelings about it mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the the main things going into a group sex situation is to know that there's a good chance that emotions could come up um, you might have like some really weird feels as, as the situation progresses, whether it's about the experience that you're having or, or seeing your partner. You know, we are speaking of this coming as like a couple, um, into a group sex situation. So that's, yeah, that's the, the viewpoint we're, we're talking about right now. You might be coming into this, um, and, you know, doing a solo thing, um, and many different other configurations. And, and yeah, we are focusing, um, tonight much more on the, what it looks like when you're coming into it, um, as a couple perspective kind of thing. Cause that's the perspective that we've lived. Um, well, well the, but, but interestingly, um, you know, there, there have also been, uh, group situations that have been, that have involved, involved, involved other partners, but not each other. That's true. Right. And yeah. so, you know, it may not be the partner that you live with. It may yeah. not even necessarily be a long-term partner, That's true. but a lot of what we're talking about could apply to just somebody that you have a stronger relationship yeah. with. And so there is something on the line. So yeah, seeing their, your partner with someone else can bring up some feels. Like the first time that I saw Flick kissing someone else, starting to touch her, and when he started fucking her, m my emotional reaction was like, fuck yeah! <laughs> um, but, you know, that might not be your first experience. Like that just happened to be like, for me, that was, that was a really awesome, dirty, sexy moment for me. Um, but that might not be the case. Um, and I don't know what it would, what it was like for you. I don't think we've ever really talked too much about the first time that you saw me, uh, with someone else. I guess you, seeing me with a woman, I'm sure was the fuck yeah. But the first time you saw me with another man, if there was anything complicated that came up for you there? Uh, no, not, not the first time. I mean, the, the sort of the, the first time I saw you with another man was, was in a foursome situation. And I was just so fucking stunned at everything <laughs> that was going on. It's like, oh my God, she's sucking my cock. Oh my God, my wife is sucking his cock. Like it was just, I, I was, it, I was, I was kind of in shock yeah. at the whole thing. Having a bit of an out of body experience. It was a little bit out of body. Yeah. Like it was, if, um, it, it was a bit of a, bit of a fugue and, um, and yeah, like I, I remember when we were driving home, I was like, I couldn't, I just, I, I was, I said to you, I can't believe that happened like that, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, I, I think the first time I didn't really have, um, a lot of, a lot of weird feelings come up. Certainly, you know, our, our first threesome, uh, with a woman, there, there really wasn't anything complicated in that for me. Uh, but sort of the second time we, we played with another couple, um, some, some weird stuff did come up for me. And I think, you know, part of that was a little bit, you know, not really knowing, you know, not, not being super into them. And, you know, and then also, you know, him having this giant horse cock <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, like you, your, your, your partner is going to be touching a, a peen that, that might be larger or more attractive than yours. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and also it's, it, uh, it seemed like you were moaning a way I'd never heard before. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was really weird for me. And yeah. well, I've never been pounded by a horse cock before. <laughs> <laughs> 
was a bit shocking for me too. Yeah. So for those of you playing the on the wet coast bingo at home, uh, you can check off horsecock. <laughs> but yeah, like as you were saying, hearing your partner making noises, they they don't make first with. Uh, they, <laughs> Boy, I've only had two sips of my drink. Um, hearing your partner make noises that they don't normally with you, or maybe that they do normally yeah. with you, and that's like, hang on, that's my noise. Yeah. Or or doing an act with someone else that maybe you don't do together, uh, or maybe that you do do together, and it's, you know, you're like, but this is special for us. And, you know, all of these things can can come up with, with either, you know, the lack and the the left out kind of feeling or the you know this is mine and it's it's hard to to see that yeah. with someone else yeah sometimes there they there's sort of a sense of ownership over certain types of experiences with our partner mm-hmm. and you know and on top of that sometimes it's hard not to see uh sort of your sexual repertoire as you know, a, a progression or a level in some way. Like, mm. you know, for example, you know, um, you know, uh, maybe you don't deep throat and you see your partner getting deep throated by somebody, or yeah. maybe you don't do anal and you see your partner banging someone in the ass. And so, um, so yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, and, and so feel, you know, having those comparisons, mm-hmm. uh, around, you know, sort of, you know, uh, limits, interests, uh, skills and boundaries. Yeah. Because sometimes it is, you know, this wonderful, like, yay, they get to do that thing uh, with someone else mm-hmm. that they that they don't get to do with me. And I'm so glad they're having this experience. Or yay, someone else is going to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, did have Hot Mama say to me that she was really happy that uh, that I was a deep throater because she got to pass her husband off to me to have that done because um, she sure as hell wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it was like... Super, you know, get that somewhere else. Um, but other times it can, it can be a bit stressful. And I know that with, for me, because I have a lot of angst around the fact that I'm not an anal queen, um, which I've talked about and written about a ton, um, seeing you do anal with someone else is sometimes, is sometimes a yay. And sometimes it feels like a failure on my behalf mm. that you don't do that with me. Although sometimes we do it, but, um, it's still like, I can really, I can really take that on as, as a piece of my sexuality that is lacking and, and that can be hard, but we talk about it and I feel my feelings and, you know, we work on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, certainly, um, there's, there's the risk that, you know, you're going to have judgments about what your, what your partner's doing, but, um, you know, we, we want to be sex positive about this, you know, including what our, what our partner's doing with, uh, with other partners. Yeah. So if there's any chances you're looking at group sex situations and if you think you're going to slut shame your partner for anything that they're doing, just stop now. Like you just, you can't do this if you think that there's a chance that you would see your your partner doing something and and judge them for it and and call them out on it later. Um, like just stop now because that is complete bullshit and <laughs> is unacceptable. And you know you're going into this adventure together. And yeah, you just need to to have the experiences that you have and be kind and loving and just fuck off with the slut shame. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, um, you know, obviously some, sometimes you're, if, uh, especially if you're new to it, you might, you know, uh, talk about boundaries and stuff and, you know, and sort of have limits on what you intend to do. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but you know, we're not, we're not talking about how, you know, um, everything always has to be on the table. Mm, um, no. we're just, we're just saying, you know, th- things are going to happen. Some, you know, uh, somebody, uh, you know, you might, you might be surprised and, and don't, don't make somebody feel like a shit for, for, uh, um, you know, for just, uh, going on this adventure with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you might have a discussion that like, okay, I wasn't comfortable with that. And, and let's, let's maybe take that off the table or, or set some boundaries around it. But yeah, just not like, I can't believe you did that. You whore. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Unless it's like part of yes. the play, which can be actually really fun. And I love it when, <laughs> when he talks about me being such a slut and the things that we do after, like that's, that's super hot for me. But yeah, there's no shame involved. That's like slut praising. Yes. <laughs> what a good little slut. Um, shit, I had a thought and it's gone now. Um, the other thing, um, we can come back to your thoughts uh, when it comes back in your brain, uh, is that, you know, anyone in a group sex situation has the right to pull the plug at any time, no matter how inconvenient it is. And sometimes you've done a lot of work to get this to happen. Sometimes it takes a lot of planning. You've maybe booked a hotel, gotten a babysitter, done a bunch of work, and all gotten there, and it's just like, no, this is not right. And you really should feel comfortable to just say no, I don't want to do this anymore yeah. and, um, and pull out of that or just, you know, this act or this specific situation or whatever it is. Like, um, just because you've gone to a lot of work doesn't mean that you should, uh, just suck it up and keep going if, if it feels that wrong. Yeah. There's, um, you know, cer- certainly if you feel like you're having something momentary and with, with, uh, you know, uh, a bit, you know, uh, just, a uh, a few moments or a few minutes um, to uh, to just chew on it. If you feel like you're you're gonna be okay, yeah. Then you know there's there's no reason to pull the plug. Although you maybe you'd want to pause, yeah. Um, but um, you know, I I think um, uh, you know this is this is kind of related to to something that I was thinking about that uh, I thought that had eluded me um, is that uh, sometimes people uh, because they're uh, let their their fear of the unknown keep them from going into this adventure. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you know, what if I'm, uh, what if I have feelings? What if I'm jealous? What if I don't like it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, like just because you, you're, you're trying this doesn't mean that you're married to group sex, yes. right? Like you're not, you're not taking group sex down the aisle <laughs> and uh, standing in, in front of a priest. Um, you know, this, you're, you're just, you're just trying it out. Yeah. Yeah. And being, being comfortable walking into it sort of with that idea, like this is going to be this experience, you know, sort of encapsulated um, and it doesn't have to be more than that. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes people sort of feel like they're they're opening a can of worms, and now this is their new life. <laughs> and <laughs> we're we're orgy people now. Um, and maybe we'll be orgy people, and maybe you won't. You'll be, you know, you'll have had an orgy, and um, have that experience together, and and then yeah, never do it again. And that's cool too. So, like most stuff in open relationships. Uh, communication is pretty yeah. important. I, I think that, uh, that all of the, the kind of, you know, um, disasters and blowups that happen are generally going to come from miscommunication, lack of communication, uh, you know, unexpressed boundaries, those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. Knowing sort of as you're going into it, what you're anticipating will work and what you might want or not want. And I think it's, it's important to clarify as much as you feel capable of ahead of time Mm -hmm. so that you're not sort of in the moment negotiating sort of, wait, you don't get to do that. (laughs) Um, Or, or afterwards saying, I can't believe you did that. And being, you know, someone getting in trouble for not knowing that something wasn't (laughs) available. And it's like, I thought we understood, but so yeah, talk about it, use your words, um, be really clear. And um, yeah, one one of the things that um, that we implemented at our, our play party that I, I think is um, you know is a is a really great practice for for group sex is uh, ongoing affirmative consent. So you know um, asking for you know uh, for what you want and you know and, and getting that enthusiastic yes for you know because that it creates this sexy communication mm-hmm. and. Um, 
you know, and, and it's, um, it, it makes a hot for everybody involved. So, uh, yeah. you know, hearing, hearing this back and forth, you know, and also, you know, that way, if, if it, you know, um, if it turns out somebody isn't into something, you know, they can say no, but you know, can you do this? Yeah. And I think even be between like people who have a uh, sexual rapport already, it, it's great, especially if you get in a bigger group situation, it's great to have that because then the people who are new to the scene maybe don't feel as left out that they have to ask for everything while yes. other people already, um, you know, I know what Flick likes, so I'm not going to necessarily ask, you know, can I suck on your nipple? Um, but perhaps in a group scene with, with people we don't know, I might, yeah. or I might, you know, tell him I'm going to do it or something like that, like sort of as a way to, to keep that dialogue going. Yeah. And to engender, um, you know, everyone sort of being on, you know, on the same, same sort of level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That it's not like, Oh, these people have this sort of connection and you're left out and you have to ask all the time. So it's a great way to do that. Um, so yeah, we sort of took that from other people and, and ran with it and just, yeah, hearing people around the room asking to do things for each other. And, and there's sometimes a sense, especially in heterosexual sex, that, that asking for consent isn't sexy. And it's so wrong. It takes away from the, the magical flow that's supposed to happen in sex. And, you know, yeah. Only to only telepathic, only, uh, only telepathic sex is sexy. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just know what they want and you know what works for them. And, Mm -hmm. and wow, that is so not the case. So, um, yeah. Talking about asking for, for what works it, I, I find it super sexy and, you know, it doesn't have to be just like really stilted. Like, may I put my hand on your thigh? Um, you know, there can be really hot ways to do these things. And, um, yeah, it, uh, it works. I'm getting a little tingly thinking about it. <laughs> Another important, uh, piece of the communication is, is of course the elevator speech and that, uh, is sort of a, a shorthand phrase for the, the discussion you might have if you met a sexy group in in a hotel bar and you're heading up in the elevator, so your quick little conversation you might have uh, as you're heading up. So it's just, kind of the non-sexy part. Yes, yeah. So you're going to talk about uh, testing status, um, how you play, what type of barriers you like to use. Um, you know, some people like to talk about number of active partners, other people that's not a thing. Um, but yeah, anything that's included in that uh, little piece is, is what we call the elevator speech. One of the things that, that I found like really builds a lot for, for these types of things, you know, uh, assuming you're not picking up an orgy in a hotel bar, um, is, uh, is using social media to help to to establish rapport and also to build sexy energy ahead of time. Yeah. So, you know, create a Facebook group and, you know, and so and so you can kind of get the elevator speech out of the way ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. go go over all that stuff. Um, you know, and that can also be good to kind of prompt people to think about that stuff. And, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, I should, I should get tested. Oh, yeah. you know, um, I, I used to use barriers for this. Do I still want to do that? So, you know, it can help people to give some thought to some of the stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and then also talking about fantasies and your, you know, uh, boundaries and interests so that, um, you know, you kind of get, uh, sort of some idea of what, um, you know, uh, what people are, are into mm-hmm. and what you might get up to. And, you know, uh, you know, in some cases, swapping dirty pictures with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had that, that, uh, sort of Facebook group situation happen when I was going to a play party in Chicago and it was just so fun and, you know, after the the party was over and the trip was over, I didn't want to give up the group. I kept posting to it for a couple of weeks because I just wanted to keep flirting with these sexy people. But they 
sort of mostly moved on, but, um, but I was still having fun. Um, so yeah, it can be a really, it can be a really hot thing. So we used it for when we had the, had the lady bang for me in the summer and, um, for the shenaniversary for the shenaniversary. And it was just like a really great, sexy way to, uh, to have those lines of communication going and, and, uh, you know, getting our flirt on. And that's just always so much fun. Yeah. And you know, and the whole point of it is not to build, uh, checklist of no. things that everyone's going to do because you know most of the things that you talk about you're probably not going to do no. um but it's it's just a way to kind of build that momentum and get some sexy energy going back and forth yeah um one of the things that um that come up comes up sometime is uh, kind of incidental contact between heterosexual people and mostly i mean heterosexual men um sometimes uh Guys will freak out if another guy's leg touches theirs mm-hmm. and, um, you know, if, uh, if somebody's putting their arm around somebody else and the hand brushes, you know, brushes their shoulder or something like, you know, but, um, you, you really have to be kind of realistic and chill about that kind of thing. It's just, it's just somebody's, you know, it's just somebody's body. You know, you're, you're not, you're not going to flip gay because, you know, someone's, someone's arm brushed you. Just, you know, just, just chill out. I mean, you know, I've, I've had, I've had sword fights in people's mouths. So, you know, um, if I didn't turn gay from my cock touching somebody else's cock in, in a woman's mouth, then, you know, it's, it's, Pretty, you're probably pretty safe. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I. Well, yeah, I'm, you're laughing because it's silly. Yeah. You know, but, you know, but. I know, I know, thing. it's, I know it's, it's a thing that, that, you know, that heck guys can get, uh, worked up about that that it's not okay and um but yeah i well i mean a friend of ours he um uh his a friend of his said said well you're you're gay because he had been in in Mm. mmf threesomes yes and you know and that's it's like uh it's just part of part of like fragile toxic masculinity it's like you know you're you're, you're, you, you can't be 99% straight. You gotta be a hundred. It's all or nothing. Yeah. I guess I just often go to the, and so what if it did turn you gay? <laughs> like, you now have a bunch more options. Well, yeah, but sadly, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that, that can happen is people get really sort of obsessed with, uh, orgasms, you know, whether, whether everyone's, everyone's going to come and can get stressed out if not everyone's come. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, sometimes just because of the dynamic, not everyone's going to have an orgasm. Not everyone is going to want to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. You know, people may be self-conscious about the the noises that they're making. They may, you know, have, uh, you know, a a GI issue that they don't really want to talk about, but Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, um, it's it it's not necessarily about orgasms. Orgasms are a really great part of it, but you know, all of us are going to have plenty of orgasms in our life, mm-hmm. but not that many group sex experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, embrace the parts of it that are going to be unique to it, you mm-hmm. know, and and sort of the um the unique opportunities for sexual energy and connection with with uh, you know, uh with people in that environment and you know and um and, you know, maybe be cool with the idea that, that you might, you might not, um, that not, not everyone will, will get to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And focusing just on the pleasure yes. aspect of it, whether that's, you know, the physical pleasure that you're having that maybe doesn't build that far or whether it's the pleasure, that sort of compersion pleasure that you were getting from watching other people have experiences, um, or just like, yeah, the sort of eyeball pleasure of seeing a bunch of naughty things happening in front of your face, um, sort of a live porn show yeah. that, um, you know, being that whole sort of being mindful, being present in that experience rather than focusing on sort of that goal oriented, like yeah. I'm going to get there and, and this is what I need to get there. And, um, yeah, just 
being in the moment to enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and for, for some people, especially if you're, um, if you're kind of, kind of new to this experience, you know, maybe, maybe you'll have a threesome where, uh, people don't even take their underwear off, yeah. right? You're just, you know, there's just some heavy petting and you're just making out and maybe you just want to keep it reined in a little bit yeah. just cause, you know, you're, you're not really ready to, to jump all the way in. Yeah. You know, and then. It can be super hot. Uh, it can be super hot. I want to do that right now. <laughs> We're podcasting. <laughs> I have to find a, a sexy friend later. <laughs> um, and speaking of the, the visual enjoyment, you know, what can be really hot for a lot of, of guys can be watching their female partner with another woman. And, you know, that, that is an awesome thing. And it's often what, what, ha, you know, is drawing a, a you know, a, a guy to be, re, you know, really interested and maybe even obsessed with the idea yeah. of, a, of a threesome. Yes. Is getting to see yeah. his, his partner having sex with another woman. Yeah. Um, but just as a little reminder that women's bisexuality is not performance and it's not there for the male gaze, um, but is in fact like legitimate sexuality. And, you know, if you get to watch that, that's super hot and really awesome. Um, but, you know, it's, it's real sex and it should be respected as such. So the whole, like one penis policy kind of attitude and that kind of thing that like, oh, okay, it's fine that the women are going at it because it's not real sex. Like that is complete bullshit. And uh, yeah, just being mindful and reminded that the, the experience that the two women are having together or three women or four women or many more um, is very real sex. And it is just as valuable as when a penis goes in a vagina. Well, and, and it's, um, it's also uh, something that might take somebody by surprise in that, you know, a guy, you know, up to that point, you know, it's, it's just been fantasy. And now that it's happening, yeah, it's real and it's real sex. And so the, that's, that's an opportunity for some really unexpected feelings to, mm -hmm. to suddenly flood in. And, and so, yeah, be, be aware that, um, that you might, you might actually, uh, get some, you know, get some feels about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe just to, to wrap up this, this part of the, uh, um, part of the podcast, um, you know, as a rule of thumb, just try not to think of jealousy as an emergency. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that's going to come and go. And if feelings come up, just kind of, you know, uh, think about them, acknowledge them to yourself and, you know, and, and talk about them later. Yeah. Or if they're so strong that you need to take a break, mm -hmm. you know, take a break, find a way to, to, uh, to either step aside yourself or if you need to, to separate your partner from what they're doing and the two of you go off, um, yeah. you know, or, there's very or, legitimate ways to do that. Yeah. Or you could even say, you know, I'm having some feelings and some reaction to this and, you know, people could stop and give you some reassurance yeah. and, you know, and ask you, you know, what you'd like to do differently. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they're, no one's going to read your mind. So if you're having this experience and then getting mad at your partner for not noticing, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's not a great way to do this because it, you know, yeah, like they're not going to be able to read your mind. So it's important to, again, we're always going to keep saying it, use your words and, um, talk about it, sort it out. And then, you know, either move back into it if that feels right, or, you know, wrap the night up and uh, go from there. So we can take a break at this point. We'll be back with more of On the Wet Coast. Hey, lovies. This is Dirty Lola, host and creator of the Sex at a Go Go podcast. Sex at a Go Go is a live comedy show, sex ed Q&A, and go-go review that takes place once a month in New York in the back room of a tiki bar. But what happens if you can't make it to New York in the back room of a tiki bar? That's why you listen to the podcast. That's right. It's a live show. I'm being funny. I'm going to teach you some things. You're not even going to know you're learning. So join me here on swingset.fm or the Swingset app for Android or on sexatagogo.com and check us out. You won't regret it.
Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Wet Coast. We're talking about group sex. Woo. Uh, so you brought up the idea of risk awareness as, you know, one of the components, part of what you kind of go over in elevator speech and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is, you know, sometimes referred to as safer sex or sort of when we first heard about it in sex ed uh, in school, those of us who actually got sex ed in school, um, talking about it used to be called safe sex. Um, but we're aware that uh, sex is never safe as such. It can be safer or risk aware. So we were, you know, acknowledge that we're making choices in, yeah. in, in our sexual activities. And, you know, you being exposed to more people means you're more exposed to more things. Yeah. Well, um, and just, you know, just like, just like driving, you know, it's never without risk, but exactly. you know, when you know what you're doing, you really manage and reduce the risk to make it, you know, sort of practical. Yep, and you wear a seatbelt, and uh, you make good choices. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about here. So, so we're talking about condoms, uh, and they're not just good for penis and vagina or penis and anus sex. Uh, they can be great for oral sex too, especially with uh, in-group sex situations. And you can use flavored lubes and condoms to make oral more fun uh, with when you're using a barrier. Yeah, it's, it's something I've been thinking about in, in group sex situations because um, if you're giving unprotected oral sex to somebody and then giving unprotected oral sex to somebody else, you know, I'm wondering what what the level of risk that that is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, barriers can help reduce that as well as, you know, um, uh sort of making a decision about, you know, okay, this person I'm going to go down on and, you know, this person I'm going to use a, a gloved hand on, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So you, you need to make those decisions for yourself. Um, but yeah, anytime you were going from one person to another person, you're, you know, you're exposing the one person to anything that the other person might be exposed to. So, you know, it's a factor to think about for sure. Yeah, and and I think uh, one time you were in a in a threesome, and uh, you know a partner unexpectedly switched from uh, from hot mama to you, yeah. without changing condoms, yeah. And, and we were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, we're not, we're not fluid bonded. Well, apparently now we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely like you, that is not, <laughs> that is not a way to, uh, like you can't go from one person to another person with the same condom unless you have talked about that in advance. Yeah. Um, internal or, condoms. Yeah. So internal condoms or what were, they're called female condoms, but, uh, they aren't necessarily for females. Uh, they're great if you want to swap from person to person or even from hole to hole. So you could have one in the ass, one in the pussy and, what? Uh, and go, um, back and forth, which you do not do, uh, unless you're going pussy to ass, um, with the same condom. One of the things, never back the other way. One of the things that is actually, uh, surprised me is how many people in, you know, sex positive, uh, you know, and, and open community, um, don't actually know everything about what you should know about using condoms. Yes. Yeah. And that, that was definitely a shock to me in some, some situations where I've seen people doing it poorly, um, or had people doing things with me and me had to stop and I had to stop them to be like, wait, no, that's yeah. not actually how you use the condom. Yeah. And really it's, it's just about, you know, like not everyone has had good access to sex education. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. maybe we should talk about some of the, some of the tips that we have for using condoms effectively. Yeah. Um, blowing in the tip of the condom is an awesome way to tell which way it's rolled. And I actually had uh, someone compliment me on doing that when one of the first times that we were together because he noticed and he's like, Oh wow. Like so many people just try to roll it on. Um, and I was like, but you don't know which way it's going. So yeah, it's, it's something that I've always automatically done as someone must've shown me at some point, but yeah, you blow in the tip of the condom, you can tell which way it's rolled. Um, because if you start rolling it on the wrong way, 
Don't flip it over. No. You just put the, the any any uh, particular any microbes yeah. on the tip of the penis are now on that side of the condom. And particularly for people who produce a lot of precum. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you've you've just put fluids. Uh, so yeah, make sure you know which way it's on. And if you put it on the wrong way, throw it out. Yeah, you hate wasting condoms, but you know, yeah, just do that. Uh, one tip that I would have is uh, to actually wipe any excess lube off of your cock. Um, it's um, the the only time um, I've had issues with the the cock coming off um, in the middle of sex. The cock coming off. So the cock coming off. Yeah, um, <laughs> that that happened at the at the play party the other day. Um, that was the silicone cock, but yes. The uh, <laughs> Uh, with the condom uh, coming off and getting lost in the middle of sex was, you know, because I had started getting into the habit of using a lot of lube because it feels nicer, mm. but you know, it, it also, it also lubricates the condom so it can, it can slip off. So, so yeah, like now before I put a condom on, I just make sure that, you know, I've wiped off as much lube as I can. Um, and, um, you know, and, and I'd started using lube because, you know, there are a lot of tip, you know, a lot of the condom tips that you read are, you know, maybe add a little bit of lube for extra pleasure. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, maybe it's not worth the extra risk of having it, having it slide around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, less lube, um, close to none is, is what I'd recommend. Yeah. Although if you are doing oral with a condom and you're not going to then switch to penetrative sex. Oh, yeah. yeah. Different hole, yes. Yeah. Just lubing the shit out of the inside of the condom before you do that can be amazing. Yeah. So that's a good way. Good point. Um, checking regularly to make sure the condom is still in place is another great tip to be doing, you know, both, you know, whoever's involved, the condom wielder and the, the wieldee. Um, I try to reach down every now and then, you know, when I'm playing with my clit or whatever, and just feel, you know, to make sure that, that, uh, that condom is still there. And it's a great, uh, great tip for penis havers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look down, see if it's in place, you know, maybe feel around, make sure that it's, that it's, you know, all the way back. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, don't, don't wait until after you've had an orgasm to check yeah. down there because at that point it's too late. Yes. Yeah. And as, again, as you're pulling out, hold the rim of the condom. I've had so many people just pull out of me without doing that. Yeah, and, and then there's and, come and, everywhere. And I generally am sort of reaching and grabbing for it when I notice that's not happening. It's like, wait a minute, his hands are still on either side of me. Um, and so I reach down to grab it because yeah, if it, that's a great way to, uh, cause a lot of spillage and yeah, potentially and- internal spillage. So yeah, just, Grab a hold of that as you're pulling out. It just makes sure it stays on place. Yeah, and and uh, some people talk about like sort of waiting till they go soft. Well, yeah. you know, and and that is a way to really risk, you know, uh, you know, a lot of contamination. Yeah. And um, if you're, um, yeah, if you're if you're not going to pull out immediately, I would say you know hold the base of the condom yeah. so that it, you know everything is secure. There's no risk of stuff you know uh, spilling spilling around. Yeah. So, you know, and it is lovely to get to, to stay inside someone after you've come. And I love it having someone stay inside me after they've come, but it's just not a really viable option when you're using condoms and you can always pull out and then just, you know, stay in that snuggle position or something like that. Um, if you want to keep that, that close intimate contact at that point. But, uh, yeah. If you uh, if you want to keep the contents inside the condom, yes. uh, you need to you need to do it right. Uh, sometimes people don't think about how they should put condoms on their toys. Yes, um, I, I remember uh, uh, someone coming at you with with a with a toy. Um, you know, unprotected and you knew it was their toy and they had, you know, they had, you knew that they had used it before. And mm-hmm. so you're like, ah, uh, could you put a condom on that? And, uh, you know, some people of course will, um, will sterilize them either mm-hmm. through boiling or bleach, um, dishwasher, dishwasher. And, you know, in which case they're, they're, they're fine, but you know, that, uh, condoms can also reduce the amount that you need to sterilize your yeah. toys. Yeah, habitually, I do a big sterilize around a play party, but the rest of the time with my 
personal toys, I just use them on me and I put condoms on them for other people. Um, or if they're butt toys that you and I share, we just put condoms on them when we use them. Or they're sort of, you know, one of us, um, you know, doesn't and the other of us does. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's just kind of, it works pretty well. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely sort of said to someone like, did you sterilize that before you before tonight? And they're like, no, it's silicone. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather you put a condom on it. Um, and yeah, it works really well. And it's great, you know, in party situations, because you can then just swap one out. And I've had a lot of fun, you know, getting to fuck a bunch of different people um, by, you know, just, you know, switching condoms. Yeah, switching condoms, kind of lining up the next person and going back to work. So it, it can be really fun and sexy. And yeah. Yeah. So um, keep a variety of sizes and mm. types. Um, and, you know, maybe you have some non-latex ones for people who have sensitivity to those. Yeah. Yeah. I've discovered over the course of this non-monogamy that, you know, I don't seem to be allergic to latex, but I'm sensitive to it. So I always make sure to have non-latex condoms, yeah. uh, for me. And I've found that a lot of people seem to prefer them. Um, and people with penises tend to prefer to use them because it's kind of a, it's a nicer, Material seems to conduct a bit more heat, mm. and uh, I've most uh, penis havers have uh, have definitely mentioned that they prefer the feel of them anyway. But uh, having a couple different sizes, because sometimes I've found that you know someone has been having a lot of trouble getting a condom on, and it's just been that it's been a bit too small. They've just been a little above average, and, and they don't and, think of themselves as no. having a quote large cock. No. And they've gotten a little kind of freaked out that I've suggested that they might need a large condom. Um, <laughs> like it was a failing of some kind. <laughs> like it, it's kind of funny that people are self-conscious of it, but um, it, yeah, it, the next time that we, that we played together with the other size condom, it just, it worked so much better because we weren't trying to wrestle this condom on. So it, uh, it can be great. So for oral, um, uh, especially on, on vagina or, you know, if you're, if you're giving, uh, analingus, uh, you could use, uh, dental dams or saran wrap. And, um, the, uh, the key to that is to, is, you know, just like with, when you're giving oral with a condom is to have some lube on the inside facing the body. Mm -hmm. And so that, um, you know, and uh, I think both of us have given killer head mm -hmm. through oral barriers like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, and, I, and I've received killer head through oral barriers like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it, a way to, to have, um, you know, some, some, uh, safer sex. Um, and, um, you also brought up the idea of using it during menstruation so that you don't have to skip oral just because someone's on their period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like so often I've been to play parties or, you know, we've scheduled a threesome or whatever. And yeah, someone has shown up and been like, oh my God, my period just started or, you know, been on the tail end. And, you know, some people are super squeamish about menstruation and, and, you know, don't want to play at all. And, you know, that's a perfectly legit thing. But if you're not particularly fussy about it and you just want to play anyway, um, oral barriers can be a, a great way to, to still get down that way, um, in that situation. So yeah, I've gone down on at least two women, uh, with an oral barrier while they've had their period and yeah, it's been yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Um, I actually really like using gloves most of the time, um, just for, um, so, so that I'm, I'm not worried about my nails. Even when my nails are quite trimmed, they, you know, they can be, a, uh, you know, a little bit sort of prominent, just the mm -hmm. way they're squared to my fingers. Yeah. And so I, I'm, it just gives me sort of more, 
more comfort and confidence that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt somebody with my nails. Which uh, is appreciated. <laughs> well, and, and on top of that, in, in a group sex situation, it's a good way to pretend, to prevent cross contamination. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whenever I'm touching somebody else, I'm using a gloved hand. If, um, it, the only time I'm, I'm not using a glove is when I'm touching myself. And yeah. so it's a good reminder, switching person, uh, switch gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you just happen to be given her to two different people at the same time, um, that you just know which hand is for whom. Cause, yeah. you know, I've definitely forgotten, like, how, was I touching myself with this hand and what, you know, um. Yeah. If I forget, I will go and, and wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's a great way to be, uh, you know, I happen to, with my job have extremely short nails. So I'm a, I'm a great lesbian, um, (laughs) as far as that goes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's gloves are fantastic and they can be nice and slick and smooth and they can be pretty sexy to see someone snapping them on. And if you have a cut on your hand or anything like that, I've been to, to events when, um, I've, you know, had some sort of gash. So it's a great way to keep myself clean too. Um, so I'm not getting fluids and, and lube in there. Uh, or if you happen to have really long nails, it can be great to use gloves and even put little cotton balls in the end of each uh, fingertip just to add a little bit of padding to protect, um, the person from your gougy nails. I've heard that tip before. Have you ever experienced that? Does it, does it work very well? I haven't experienced it because I don't think I know anyone who has long nails, but um, but people who are experts uh, always mention that. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. And, and in the pegging video we watched, the gal had one of the gals had super long nails, and she did that. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. She had porn nails. Because <laughs> I'm always horrified in porn when I watch gals fingering each other's particularly their assholes with with these gougy long nails i just think you could cut something and yeah Yeah. i'm kind of squeamish so so we're we thought we should talk about getting started because that uh that sometimes can be an issue you get everyone in the right place and uh sometimes hard to get things off the ground but uh Again, before we quite get to that, I uh, just thought we'd maybe mention a couple other things that's great to have in uh, on hand if you're having a, a group sex situation. So things like lots of towels to protect your furniture uh, from body fluids, uh, or if people are having showers, you want to wipe down toys, etc. It's good to have as many towels as you can have around. Garbage bins for condoms, for gloves, for tissues for whatever happens to to be detritus that you've got going on. We always make sure we've got several of the Liberator Fascinator throws on hand, uh, as I'm a squirter and our partner Iris is a squirter. Uh, but it's also good just even with non-squirters to keep furniture clean. It's a yeah. fantastic, quick, easy cleanup. Throw it on top of the bed, then you throw it in the washer dryer. You're not going to have to worry about your duvet. Um, it, it's just when I... It's yeah, we would have had to throw out that couch by now if we didn't have the, the liberator throws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can also just buy um, like soaker pads, like sort of in- incontinence pads or granny pads, they're sometimes called, uh, which are generally smaller and often a bit cheaper. And uh, those can be fantastic. Or the disposable, what they call puppy pads, the sort of blue plastic layer on the bottom with the with the soaking or uh, the absorbent material on the other side. Uh, they're not super romantic, but they are, you know, great in a pinch. And uh, <laughs> I've definitely taken those when we've traveled and, and haven't wanted to have something large and bulky around like the throw. Uh, so those can be a fantastic option as well. Well, yeah, because, you know, for, for me, I don't want to wreck anyone's bed. No. But, you know, even if you're an asshole and don't care about wrecking someone's bed, at least you don't want to have to sleep in a, yes. a, 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 a bed that you've ruined. So Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I am uptight enough that I I can't come, like I can't squirt if I'm on a surface that I'm worried about. Oh, no, of course so, not. So, like, yeah. I, yeah, I'm incapable of, of having that kind of orgasm, because <laughs> um, I will just shut that shit down. 
so because of people losing a lot of body fluids, it's great to have, you know, lots of water on hand, um, or, you know, just a tap. Um, but if you've got less drinkable, uh, tap water than we do in Vancouver, uh, I guess bottled water, uh, or a rehydrator like coconut water for, for people who are uh, particularly fluid producing, uh, can be a really great thing. And, uh, yeah, snacks, cause sex is hard work. Good to keep the sugar up. A cheese plate. A cheese plate. Well, if you're having an orgy, a cheese plate is mandatory. <laughs> so sometimes everyone's there and you've, you know, you kind of had the sort of, um, pre-sex um, small talk and, and cocktails and whatnot. Yeah, having a drink and you're all kind of looking at each other. And it's like, who, uh, who's going to fuck first? <laughs> so, yeah, no one really knows how to get the ball rolling. At least, you know, um, with uh, with us and most of our friends, it tend to be a little more on the shire side. And mm-hmm. so sometimes kicking things off um, doesn't come, like, you know, super, super organically. Um, so, you know, you might start off with, um, with sexy games, telling sexy stories or mm-hmm. even, you know, sounds stupid, but playing, uh, truth or dare mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, having somebody, you know, uh, dare you to do something as opposed to you actually, you know, having to, having to put yourself out there yes. to, uh, um, and, and another great one is, uh, is show and tell with sex toys. Yeah. Cause everyone gets really excited about that. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah. And you see, you know, someone like fondling the, the dildo or the butt plug or the whatever and kind of being like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then someone might be like, well, why don't I show that to you? And, you know, it can be a great way to get people talking about things they want to do and possibly even like, you know, taking their clothes off in order to make that happen. So it can be a really great way to do that or you can just pull them all out and then say well that's my move what's anybody else got (laughs) (laughs) which uh, will did with great effect the first time the four of us were together um the the old uh mildest and wildest game is also really great for Mm -hmm. breaking the ice and talking about sexy things you know sometimes people are you know they kind of resist this or make fun of it or you know Mm -hmm. they're not really that into it but or feel like it's unnecessary because we're we're experienced swingers we don't need to you know um No, I just I just want to go with the flow. I just want to go with the flow. Yeah, but you know, my feeling is that you know it's um, it's it's not about you know again it's not about making a checklist. No, um, I think at our at our shen anniversary, uh, you know, really only a couple things on anybody's lists mm-hmm. really got checked off. But it's you know it's kind of about you know. Um, Starting down, expressing that, those vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and setting the mood. And, you know, as long as nobody springs this game on me and that I have to suddenly come up with something. And now that I've done it a few times, I, get, I at least have some, some, you know, suggestions, you know, in my pocket. Whereas the first time it, it came up, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I needed two, two weeks to think about this because, you know... I'm sure it's quite a surprise to many of you. I ain't to go with the flow kind of gal. <laughs> I mean, I am once I get into it, but I like, I like to know what's like, I like to know what sort of what's what and, you know, where we might be starting and where we might be going. And, and from there I can, I can be pretty chill, but it, yeah, it, it it's a great way to start some direction and get some ideas of who might be into what. And maybe I have this fantasy and it turns out the person across the room has the same one and maybe we have plans tonight. Or some, or, or you or hear maybe, someone's fantasy and you're like, oh my God, I'm so in for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, three months from now, we'll get together and we'll do that thing that we talked about. You're like, um, hey, remember that time you said that you might want to get pegged or? Yeah. And so it can be a great way to, to make that stuff happen so yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of that game as long as as long as i know it's going to happen and i have some time to think about it yeah and and you know there are fun like sort of you know strip games and stuff we've we've, we played uh you know fun strip games with with other couples and so if you know if anyone wants to know the rules to to that game just you know uh send us a dm on twitter or or email us at contact at on the wet coast.com yeah and uh, we'll explain the rules to that to you 
Yeah, I think I maybe even started a blog post about that game one time and and typed up all of the rules. So <laughs> I may even be able to send you a link to to that game, which was pretty fun. Um, and then there's Kat's favorite method of kicking things off, which is pouncing on somebody <laughs> or, you know, just starting to take her clothes off mid-conversation. Yeah. Um, it's and pretty effective. It is pretty effective. And let me tell you, uh, like, when... Um, things kind of, kind of got started while I was out of the room at the anniversary, And so when I got back, I got pounced on by Dot and Iris. And let me tell you, that's a really great way to, <laughs> to come back into a room is so, so yeah, I, I think, I think pouncing is a good way to make somebody's day. Okay, well, we're going to leave it there for now. We have a part two to this episode. Uh, we clearly have lots more to talk about with this. So we'll talk about threesomes and foursomes and moresomes and all that kind of thing on the next episode. Uh, but we'll wrap it up there for now. And hopefully you've had some uh, sexy ideas. Thanks for listening. Please help boost our visibility by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It means a lot to us and helps us get into the ear holes of more listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat, at Sirius Flick, at On the Wet Coast. You can email us, contact at onthewetcoast.com. You can read Kat's blog at onthewetcoast.com or on the wet coast at lifeontheswingset.com. You can also hear a lot more of Kat by buying the audiobook of Cooper S. Beckett's novel, A Life Less Monogamous, available at alifelessmonogamous.com. Enter code WETCOAST at checkout to save 10%. And audible.com. Check out other awesome sex-positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm. Our theme music is A Naked Gun Bank Assault by Francesco D'Andrea. Episode music is Puzzle Pieces by Lee Rosebeer. Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Savage Lovecast and Savage Love, and you're listening to a Swingset podcast at Swingset FM.